All right, Deep Shot Podcast, episode 29. New guest, Jake Johnson's with me. The legend himself. How- uh, what's up, man? Good to be back, back in the podcasting game. It's been a while. When I when I fired up Skype, the last the last Skype call that I've made, it said uh, Garrison Cookman and Ryan Steed. And I was like, man, it has been a while. But hey, it feels good to be back. I'm ready to dive into some sports. You know, get some get some hot takes going. Yeah. I'm excited. I was sitting at work and I was just like itching like all day. I was like, man, <laughs> ready, ready for the the deep shot podcast tonight. Nice, nice. Glad to have you. All right. So last week. It was preseason week one, reacting, overreacting, underreacting to stuff uh, that happened in week one. And that's what we're going to do now with week two. I've got a list of things, uh, whatever you want to go in there. But week two happened. So last week, big, it was a lot of quarterbacks mostly was what we were talking about. There was uh, Trey Lance had that 80-yard throw last week that was longer than anything Jimmy Garoppolo ever had. Uh, Trey Lance had another good game. Um, whenever they played Saturday, there was like five. It, they played like Thursday through Monday, so I don't remember when everybody played. Uh, but he went like eight for fourteen, had a hundred yards, two I think two touchdowns. He threw, he threw a pick, but it went through Sanu's hand, maybe a little high, but doing well. Did did pretty good. While Garoppolo went out there, I think was like three for six with fifteen yards and interception. Um, yeah, definitely. I think, dude, Trey Lance. I, I'm not going to take credit for this take. I did hear it on part of my take. I, I, I'm going to get ahead of that and say it. But they said Trey Lance is going to be a hilarious, like, good quarterback, but also bad quarterback. Because there were times, like, you can you can definitely see the high ceiling in Trey Lance. Because he has a really strong arm power, at least compared with Jimmy Garoppolo, the, you know, the check down king. And he's got good legs. I think his ceiling's going to be high, but at times he did look a little wild. That interception wasn't on him, and he's leading the NFL so far in the preseason in drops. So a little, a little bit, you know, misconstrued in his uh, in his completion percentage right now. But I, I mean, I, I, what do you? So what do you think, Garrison? You like week one? Do they go Trey Lance or do they go Jimmy G? No, I don't think I don't think they will go. Trey Lance week one. Honestly, Trey Lance out of all the quarterbacks was the one I just didn't know, didn't want to make a prediction about because there was so, like, not much film on him. But I just feel like with the team they have, they're already set up. It, you know, last year was with all their injuries and everything. I mean, they still went, like, 6-10. and 10. They didn't have, like, any of their best players. I think I think they'll go Jimmy G just because, I mean, two years ago they were just in a Super Bowl with him. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to jump the train. But I like what I see from Trey Lance early. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. I don't know. I don't know. There's these quarterback situations are wild. I don't I don't know when yeah. we're gonna see him. I don't think he'll be there week one though. I just don't think Shanny's that type of coach. And there's so there's so many quarterback situations. I, I don't remember the last time where there's literally what is it like five right now, uh quarterback jobs up in the air. I mean, normally there's like two, maybe three, yeah. and there's like yeah, a fourth of the league right now is in some sort of quarterback limbo. But I, I'm with you. I think Jimmy G starts week one. But I do think that Shanny's – I think the leash is definitely going to be shorter this year for Jimmy. Like once – if he starts sucking, he's, you know, he starts holding back the Niners. Because this year – last year they had a lot of injuries. This year it's not the case. They're going to want to make that step. They're going to want to be at the level they were just a couple seasons ago when they were in uh, the Super Bowl and they were – so close. If Jimmy G puts that ball on the money in the fourth quarter, just barely overthrows him. If that ball's caught, we look at Jimmy Garoppolo in so much of a different light than we do right now. I mean, I maybe think of him a little bit overrated, but he would have been a Super Bowl champion. So there would definitely be a little bit more leeway with him. But I think, you know, midseason, maybe even earlier, if Jimmy G's struggling, I think this will be Trey Lance's team at some point this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, another thing, I mean, they're they're probably, when you look at the division, I mean, the most talented, like, quarterback-wise with Stafford, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. I mean, mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't get much better than that. So, I mean, you got to keep up with the pace. Plus, all three of those teams are going to be probably pretty good this year. Uh, yeah, so it, I, w- I would definitely keep a short lease on Jimmy G. He doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of time. The 49ers don't really have time to play around. Especially no. with John Lynch and you know that whole thing going on, they don't. They're not the team that's just going to sit around, especially two years in a row. All yeah, right, they're be back. Uh, Jameis Winston 
I do know in this game was Mon- last night, Monday night, um, the, the Monday night, it was Saints-Jags. Uh, we'll talk about the Jags in a second. But Jameis Winston had some dimes in this game. Uh, the, the touchdown pass to Callaway in between two defenders. Uh, then also had like a 30-yard pass in between another defender. Uh, so those odds definitely are fixed. He's putting the ball right on the money. Taysom Hill did fine. Um, what I did notice is Jameis averaged double the yards per completion uh, than Taysom Hill, which makes sense. We all, when no one is really thinking Taysom Hill is uh, this big gun-armed quarterback, and Jameis is a Heisman Trophy winner um, through 5,000 yards before in a season. Uh, Caleb is known for saying he does not get the Taysom Hill stuff. Well, where are you on this? No, I'm with you. I, I would. I mean, statistically wise, you look at Taysom, he was 11 for 20, a buck 38, and a touchdown. But I will say this there were a couple plays. There was one in particular that I saw where Taysom, he play action, he's in the pocket, it starts collapsing, and he throws it. And there isn't even a Saints player within probably 20 yards. There's three, there's three Jag defenders all around there and not a single receiver. That's the difference between Taysom and, uh, and Jameis, like Taysom, yeah, you you might be able to get some things going with you. He did get to play the Falcons' defense twice last twice. year yep. and looked really good against us twice. But it, it, it is the, the three. Falcons. Game, I, I can't mean, even. There was it was Falcons. Somebody bad Falcons. Like oh, yeah, for the yeah, 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 yeah. De- definitely like you know gave them a little bit of false hope there. And I think I think the main reason I could be wrong about this. I think the main reason why Taysom and is still in the mix and it just. Because I, I feel like after last night, it has to be Jameis. But up to this point, I just think it's uh, Sean Payton just trying to show, oh, man, I'm a genius. I can do it with anybody. I can do it with this former uh, you know, quarterback turned tight end back to quarterback. I can do it with anybody. I really think that's the only reason. It's just his pride. He doesn't want to you know, admit defeat on it. But after last night, you can't start, Taysom. You can't. You can't because it's unquestioned. Jameis now with the – with the LASIK, looking nice, he's always had that arm strength. There's never been a question about his ability to push the ball down the field. And he's st- he's not even 30 yet. What is he? He's like 28, 29? Yeah. He, so, might, I mean, be, so- he might be younger than that. But it, it, well, my point still stands. He's young. He's still got the arm. It's, it's, his, it's his team at this point, especially after last night. Yeah. I mean, especially – I mean, because it's like the Saints last year. Drew Brees, I mean – Dinked and dunked it all the way to 13 and three, you know, whatever. But I mean, eventually you got to have the big arm. We saw that last year in the playoffs when the Saints, I can't even remember the play, but I remember, um, gosh, what was it? The There was some deep, I can't even think about it. They did have some crazy play where Jameis, it was the play where Jameis came in. They ran like a reverse to Jameis at the uh-huh, 50 that, and he yeah. threw like a bomb. Yeah. So that's what you're getting out of him. So I, I'm with you. I think it's got to be Jameis. Uh, on the other side, the Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence both had pretty similar stats. I'm pretty sure. Um, I looked at all of it earlier. I don't have them up in front of me, but they had basically the same stats. So Gardner was 13 for 21, 149 an in interception. Trevor was 14 for 23, 113. Yeah. No so, touchdowns, I mean, interceptions. Yeah, right around there. Uh, the Jags just, from what you, you see, they suck. They're going to suck. Yeah. Um, but Minshew is keeping up stat-wise. Uh I obviously no one thinks Minshew is going to play week one, but uh, I think Garner Minshew is definitely a, a a name to look out for. And I wrote about this last week how Minshew is is probably building up a lot of trade value just by staying in this position with Trevor Lawrence and the Jags just kind of hyping him up that way anyway. But I do think Garner Minshew. Who I said I texted you guys last week. Maybe like the Falcons should make a move on him. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about who the Falcons got later. But I think Gardner Minshew is in a spot where if he you know goes and plays this last preseason game, does well, um, he's not a bad backup option for the Jags. So they could keep him around. But I also could see him. You know, somebody. I don't know. We're, who knows whose quarterback is going to be hurt in week eight, week nine, and somebody's trying to make a run for it. Uh, I think Gardner Minshew is definitely a name to look out for, and he's been keeping his name in this whole preseason with I'm the Jags' help. I'm going to go against you a little bit. You said that uh, you, th- you think Trevor will be week one. I 
I, I think, I really do, I think that Gardner will start week one. I don't think it'll last very long. But, you know, as an implant Jaguars fan, now down in Jacksonville, I've got to be, I do think that Gardner will start week one. <clears throat> I, I don't know if that's the yeah. right choice. But this t- like, here's my thing about Trevor is they're so bad all, all around. Like, bad. All around their defense is bad. That's their my biggest takeaway is, is they are a bad team. They yeah, are they are really, 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 really is- bad. Mm-hmm. The, the the Falcons Jags game this year is going to be the worst game of all time. It's just going to be two teams competing on see who can who can win the worst. Yeah, but <clears throat> but as far as week one, I do think it will be Gardner unless you know maybe in the next preseason game, uh, you know there's a there's a Jameis and uh, Taysom Hill situation where Jameis, you know, if Trevor goes off, I could see that happening, but at least for week one, I do think they will stick with uh, Gardner. You know, you can give me the whole, uh, experience factor. I'm not really buying that. I, I, especially in the NFL. And when you have a number one overall pick quarterback, I don't think it's an experience thing, but for week one, I, I, I think it'll be Gardner. I could be wrong. And if honestly, I hope I am wrong because all respect to Gardner. He's a cool guy. He's got a sick mustache. Has a nice mullet. He was driving around in an RV for a summer. You know, all that's pretty badass. But nobody wants to watch Gardner Minshew at the expense of not watching Trevor Lawrence. You yeah. saw, and, and Trevor didn't do anything too crazy last night. But there was one throw I'm going to point out in particular. It was a play action um, to the right. It was going against his body. Throws that guy in his face in the end zone, puts it right over two Saints defenders, you know, about a 13-yard throw. It's a very, very, very difficult throw that not many quarterbacks can make. And that's the X factor. That's why Trevor was the number one overall pick. Uh, so at some point, it, I mean, obviously, uh, this is this is the most uh, cold take of all time that Trevor will be the guy. But with the Jags being so bad, um, how long before Urban Meyer has a heart attack, you think? Dude, I, that's what that's what I've been seeing all over Twitter this past week. Yeah. It's like how like Urban Meyer four weeks in is just gonna yeah fake everything like family something happened in his family or yeah has a heart attack or something. You know he the king of getting out of situations as a head coach and I I don't know that that might be something I've heard before though that people think that you think Minshew is going to be the starter week one. But I think I don't, it will be week one, maybe not week two, but I, I think week one, I, I would, I would say Minshew will walk out. Um, yeah, but the Jags are going to suck regardless. I was like a few months ago talking about how I thought Trevor Lawrence maybe gave his team five or six wins, more wins. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm taking that one back. All right, Mitch Trubisky played against the Bears, uh, went off another guy that I think somebody could trade for midseason. Because I truly think Mitch Trubisky, first of all, he's in a great situation, and he's another one, not a bad backup to have, um, but you never know who's going to need a quarterback midseason. And Mitch Trubisky is um, – I don't I don't think he was ever a, a very bad quarterback. I think the situation was uh, pretty mm-hmm. bad, and then everything was kind of microscoped really hard. I mean, they benched him for Nick Foles, and we saw what Nick, happened to Nick Foles. I mean, he was pretty bad too. So – I think Mitch Trubisky, he went off against the uh, the Bears, so good for him. I think it was like the day after his birthday. Uh, just wanted to point that one out. What do you think about Mitch? Oh, Mitch looked great. Mitch looked great. And going back to what you were just saying about with the Bears, he was – the blame was just 100% put on Mitch Trubisky. And if you go like what you said about him getting bitched for Nick Foles, he got benched. Foles stunk it up. And then he came back and led that team to the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they they were a first round exit, but something has to be said for that. It's not that's not an easy uh, task to put on a on a quarterback. Yeah, we're going to take away your uh, take away your starting job, and then just a couple weeks later, put you right back in when your team's in the thick of it, right there at the at the playoff push. And he he made it happen. He got that team to the playoff. I think he has been so criminally underrated, and I don't think Mitch Trubisky is some, you know. MVP he is an MVP but yeah. he's not yeah he's not gonna he's not he might not take your team you know get him to the Super Bowl or whatever but he's a 100% a serviceable quarterback if you're midseason you're you know sitting there one two games back I think he could do it he did it last year I don't see why he wouldn't be able to why a team wouldn't be able to value him enough to get a starting job yeah I agree 
Uh, Zach Wilson and the Jets, they beat the Packers. Uh, Zach Wilson threw to he threw 11 passes, and six of them were to Corey Davis. So I think he's got his number one target. Think no, for one sure. Corey is- Davis is my fantasy sleeper. I want Corey Davis. May- now, maybe I want you to think that, so you overvalue <laughs> Corey Davis, but I think Corey Davis was gonna, is going to be really good. And, man, Zach Wilson has had a very good preseason. A very good preseason. Agreed. Uh, the Ravens, I think they've won 20 straight preseason games or something like that. I think it's the number. I bet on them in week one, won the money. Should have carried that over again in week two, didn't. Um, but I didn't watch the Ravens game. Um, Lamar, from what I'm saying, uh, when I'm seeing everyone on the roster, oh, they just ran a lot. They, they did what the Panthers or the Ravens do. Uh, Panthers seem to struggle, obviously, can't score. Um, don't think Sam Darnold's playing yet. Uh, they extended Robbie Anderson today. Maybe that'll give them some life. But did you know that, that the Ravens have won like 20 straight preseason games? I did see that. Um, I actually, I'm pretty sure you're the person who pointed it out to me in the group chat. Maybe like when they won their 19th, you said something. Yeah. I was like, what in the world? That's crazy. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I should I should bet on them this week. But as soon, <laughs> you know, as, soon as I put that bet down, I mean, they're going to lose. And that's just how, that's how the game works, man. That's how the betting life works. And well, as soon as I put it down, they're going to lose. But I think I might go all in for the last one. Yeah, I think I might go all in. Nice max bet mm-hmm. for twenty one. I'm with you. I'm with you. All I mean, at, at some point you're just gonna have to <clears throat> you just ride the numbers. You know, at this point it's <laughs> twenty in a row. I mean, what are the odds at twenty that it gets to twenty one? I mean, it feels pretty good. And it's Trey. I mean, Trace McSorley was Trace McSorley playing last week. No, I don't. I don't think he was. He wasn't. Mm. If Trace plays, <clears throat> if McSorley plays, I'm in. Surely plays. I'm all in for uh, for number twenty one. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, the Falcons. They got their ass clapped. Um, I just. I'm. I'm starting to think. Um, that we just don't have any depth. No, like we don't. Uh, Not at all. <laughs> like I. Like, and because, you know, I know our best players aren't playing. Our starting quarterback isn't playing. Calvin Ridley's not playing. And. Um, you know, and Cal you know, Pitts. I mean, this, yeah, I mean, yeah, nobody's playing, and so we're really just watching A.J. McCarron, who tore his ACL, sorry, um, and Felipe Franks, who just doesn't really seem like he ever looks to throw the ball, just seems like he's running around all the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that's kind of worrisome. The Braves, or the, the Braves just – there's a score in yeah, the Braves game. Yeah, but the Falcons true. have uh, no depth at all, and um, I don't know how I don't know how, we're, how good we're going to be this year, but um, – that, that I definitely know for a fact that if anybody gets hurt, we're screwed. Yeah, I don't <clears> – <throat> I'm setting – oh, God almighty. I'm setting my expectations for the Falcons pretty low. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, after last year we were picking top five. But <clears throat> I will say this. The reason why this game was so frustrating to me was we had um, – we practiced against the Dolphins twice that week. And both days, at least on the Twitter spear – it was looking like we were just kicking the Dolphins' ass. And, I mean, who those players were, you know, they didn't play. And that is what gives me a little bit of hope is that our starters aren't going to be that much better than all of our backups that, you know, if they get hurt, we're, we're, we're fucked. But maybe we can hold on if we can all just stay healthy, which is such a big thing to ask for an Atlanta sports team to stay healthy. But maybe there's a little bit, of, a little glimmer of hope, because you saw that one video of Calvin Ridley putting Xavier Howard on skates. Yeah, man. that's exactly good, that is a good thing to see. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're saying with all the practice videos and everything. Definitely did see how the Falcons were keeping up. So, which makes me think, you know, the starters are fine. But that I think that goes back to maybe a problem we had. With closing games, is that you know while we get to the fourth quarter and you know some 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 you know Calvin really needs to take a play off because you know he's been going hard as fuck all game or you know same thing with you know a, a defensive like a Grady Jarrett or somebody somebody's got to come out for a play and then we're just gonna be screwed because it doesn't seem like anybody behind them does anything well. Um, it just also I don't know I need to see Arthur Smith work out work this offense with Matt Ryan. We have the Eagles week one, so we'll see about that. Uh, we signed Josh Rosen. I wish we would have signed Blake Bortles from after the reports I saw of that, but 
Josh Rosen. Uh, you know the Falcons love first-round picks. Oh, yeah. Oh, we love them. I mean, honestly, I've, I've seen a lot of Rosen hate. I'm not – I'm not. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm not. You know, jumping up and down like, oh man, we got Josh Rosen, the heir apparent of Matt Ryan. Because I, I don't think that's the case at all. If that is, then I will be a little upset. I don't want Josh Rosen to be the guy after Matt Ryan. But I will say this in defense of Josh Rosen. In college, he was good. He was good in college. He was. What was he? Number eleven pick, just outside the top ten. Or yeah, maybe no, he was twelve. Yeah. Was he ten? Hey, ten. Okay. Uh, can you put your mic a little closer to me? Yeah. Um. So. He, I mean, in his rookie year with Arizona, he wasn't awful. He was not good by any stretch. But people love to compare. Like, they'll say, oh, but look at Kyler Murray's done. Well, Josh Rosen didn't have D-hop on his team and didn't have you know, yeah. the reloaded defense that Kyler Murray's had to play with. It is a completely different team. And ever since that rookie year, Josh Rosen has not had an opportunity. He hasn't, had, he hasn't, ha- he hasn't had a fair shot to you know, showcase his talent if he has any left you know, in there. So I'm I'm all for Rosen as a, in a backup spot. I think it will. I, I think it could be a lot worse. I think it was a lot worse last week. I, I'll take Josh Rosen over AJ McCarron seven out of seven days. You know, I mean, any day of the week. Give me give me Rosen. Give me chosen Rosen. I, I I don't I don't hate it. I just that's all I'll say. I don't hate the sign, especially in the situation we were in. It makes but with uh, AJ McCarron how he looked this preseason because it. <laughs> Did not look good. Mm-mm. Did not look good. It makes no. you it makes you appreciate Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub yeah. was a solid backup for so many years, and he was so dependable. And you could always you could always look forward to that preseason narrative whenever he would come in and throw for three hundred yards and two quarters. And be like, maybe we should go Matt Schaub. Yeah. Maybe we should go Matt Schaub every single preseason. That that you could <laughs> bet on it that that take was going to get out. Yeah, I'm with you though. Yeah, Josh Rosen. I don't hate it. Uh, the report that Blake Bortles worked out with us—that was wild, though. I, I put something out about that today. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. The Cowboys—they—they they are screwed if Dak is like seriously hurt. And the new Hard Knocks comes out tonight. Gonna watch that after this. Um, but they lost to the Texans. Um, ben DiNucci, like I didn't even realize he was this bad, but he's not a good quarterback. Um, and you can see it in the hard knocks. Like, it, it, and when you watch hard knocks, like you can tell that like the, uh, the Benanucci and whoever the other quarterback is for the Cowboys, I can't remember the name of. Like, they don't know what they're doing. They don't run the offense very well, and it's showing in this preseason. And I can't wait to see if Dak is actually throwing this week on uh, on the new episode. But the Cowboys, seriously, like they were bad last year because I mean they were good for a little bit because of Dak. And they really weren't that good, and then he was hurt, and then they were obviously terrible. Um, and now, I don't know, tough stuff. I just, they're they're pretty screwed. And then they would be throwing a lot of money away for this year too. Also, for mm-hmm. that oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, Ben Danucci got us a little three piece interception. Yeah, love that. I, I I like Danucci just from the TikTok memes we got at the Ben Danucci and all that. <laughs> That's the only reason why I have some sort of like positive outlook for Ben Danucci, but. That's it. If you go to a pure talent and quarterback ability standpoint, he isn't good. He isn't good. If he's complete in the pass, it's at most like six yards downfield. He has a he can run a little bit. I I guess. I mean, and I but I think if you give him any bit of ability to throw, he wouldn't be running. The only reason he's running is because he knows he will is you know one pass away from you know, another interception. You know, so yeah, it, yeah they they're gonna need Dak. Uh, Cause I mean, until until he when he got hurt last year, he was leading the NFL in yards and touchdowns. He's not look the the take on Dak being a bad quarterback is it's a tired it's a tired take. If you're if you're still going on it at this point in his career, come on, man. I mean, you you got to you watch watch some games, but yeah, you're you're dead on right with that. If Dak is hurt, this is a colossal miss missed opportunity for the Cowboys because they have invested so much into this team this year and last year, depending on having Dak to be your quarterback. And even if you want to just go back a couple of years ago, when he got the job over Tony Romo, some would say Tony Romo, maybe not this year, but he still had a couple of years in him when he retired. You yeah, know, yeah. there were, there were years that Tony Romo had left that they sacrificed because they thought Dak was going to be the future. And now if he, if, you know, assuming that he's going to you know, be hurt, miss a game, 
or God forbid in a season or a half a season this year, it's that you we're talking like five, six years of the Cowboys seasons kind of wiped away just off that, you know, at the quarterback position, there's so much pressure. You have to stay healthy. You have to produce. And that's just, you know, something we're not getting right now at a tag. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's going to be interesting. Can't wait to watch hard knocks tonight. Um, some other preseason headlines before we wrap it up, start talking college football week zero. Uh, this, this was just interesting. The Colts kicker don't know his name, um, but he didn't miss a kick all preseason. I think he kicked six or seven kicks, went four for four. Um, in their past game, which won the game against the Vikings, he went. So they won 12 to 10. Uh, still got cut. Hot Rod is king. Hot Rod is the king in Indy. That's so tough. That's <laughs> tough, man. Oh, gosh. I mean, imagine if you, if you were like any other position. Like if you were a running back, had three touches, just went to the, went to the house three times, and it's like, oh, yeah, you're done. Like yeah. that's tough. You know, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers out to. Colts kicker that we don't know his name. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. Um, in Denver, Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke, probably one of the spiciest QB competitions we're going to see all year. We talked about it. I talked about it with Caleb last week. Uh, I think I, I think it's Drew Locke's job right now, but, I mean, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater and his, you know, just there's so many. Like, Teddy Bridgewater is in a category of, of quarterbacks like a – like Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, just Kirk Cousins or, you know, people like that that are just so, like, decently good that they just – all you need is everything else around them. Mm-hmm. And Bridgewater's doing well. But I think I, – I think my take on Drew Locke this year is, like, he's just going to excel expectations because there is there is that pressure behind him. Yeah, and for the first time, I actually kind of like the Broncos' look of a team. I don't think they, – they, they're not going to win the AFC West, but he's second-year receivers around him uh, with Jerry Judy. Uh, this might be a big year for Jerry. This might be, it might be a little coming-out party, and if that happens, that's going to bode very well for Drew Locke because Drew Locke's got a cannon. He's got a cannon. If he can get it downfield to him, if he can have a legitimate threat downfield, it's going to be big. I, I like Drew Locke. Uh, I like him against Teddy at least. Uh, I like him to take that job. Um, and the Patriots smacked the Eagles 35 nothing. Jalen Hurts was a late scratch. Um, I wrote about this also last week. I think the Patriots are going to be back this year. Probably 10 or 11 wins. 10 and 7, 11 and 6. Um, I don't think they can go wrong with either Cam or Mac Jones right now. I think what they did in the offseason was – you know, is going to be noticed with Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on some other names, but those are the two big ones. And they're going back to – who was the receiver they got? Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. No, they already had him. Oh, you're talking about oh, – I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, hey. I, I need to go look g- it up. Give me, they, give me a second. I got it. Just keep talking. But uh, what what I'm getting at is they, they're going back to – the look of the two tight ends set, like what they had with Gronk and Martellus Bennett, and what they had with Edelman with whoever this receiver that is, I'm blanking on the name of that they just got. Um, I think the Patriots, the defense is coming. The defense is going to be back. They, they, people forget they had like eight people that opted out of COVID. So Dante Hightower's back. Uh, they, Patrick Chong's they, back. Patrick Chong, Patrick Chong. Uh, I think the Patriots are a lock, a lock for 10, 10 wins this year. So they – Nelson Aguilar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar, uh, which you know, he's not the best receiver in the world, but he's that's an added weapon. That's an added weapon. Uh, who, who do you – I know you said you don't think it matters, but who do you think you, you'd rock with if you were a Patriots fan? Cam, Cam or Mac-10? I – See, that's the tough thing. That's why I say it doesn't matter because I'm like, I don't, I don't know who you. I think personally, I would ride with Mac, but then again, I mean, it's the rookie stuff, and do you really just want to do that? I think you obviously start with Cam. It's one of those things where it seems like that's what everybody's going to do. You're going to start with the veteran. Um, I would start with Cam just because you know now he's got that pressure. We talked about it, you know, with Drew Lock. Like he's now he's got pressure. To perform, he look. He's an Auburn guy. You think he wants to lose his st- starting quarterback job to Alabama, an Alabama guy? No. And 
And Mac Jones definitely knows how to play a quarter, the quarterback position in this offense that is ran by Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. And, you know, he just won a national championship with all of these star-studded weapons that all went the first round with him. He's definitely going to be able to know how to play with all these other guys that are just, you know, typical Patriots players, you know, scrum of the, the crop or whatever, and, you know, grit and grind guys. But I... I think I think I would start with Cam because as as as, as long as Cam can do better than he did last year and throw more than eight touchdown passes, it, they'll they'll be a good team. They were seven and nine last year. Seem to be better than seven and nine at some point. Um, seem to be worse than seven and nine at some point. But they're also going to have their running game back. Isaiah Wynn's supposed to be coming back for them to improve that offensive line. Remember, they drafted him first round a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I, so, so Sonny Michelle, uh, Damian Harris, that that running back core they have, I mean, it's nice. And I mean, they I mean they kicked the shit out of the Eagles. The Eagles are a pretty bad team. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, they kicked the shit out of them. Look like they were look like they were supposed to with the preseason game with Cam and Mac Jones playing. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I rock with Cam. But, you know, with Mac, you know, if, if you start seeing, especially if, if we're wrong and the Patriots, you know, aren't very good, if the, if, like, if the Bills are running away with the division, then I think late, late you go Mac, unless there is an, like, a point in the season where it's like, okay, Cam, it just isn't it. But, you know, if you remember, if you go back before Cam got COVID last year, he was pretty good. The Patriots were, if you divide their season up before Cam got COVID, then after Cam got COVID, it's two completely different teams. Once he came back, he couldn't push the ball down the field. He wasn't running very well. But those first couple of weeks before he got COVID, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Yeah. I remember <clears throat> I bet on them against the Ravens on those primetime. I can't remember which primetime, but they were playing the Ravens on primetime one game. And I went yeah, out. they won that game. Yeah, yeah, they won. And I put I put money on the Patriots. I got so drunk. I woke up the next morning, and I was like, what, the Patriots won? Nice, there we go. And then after that, from that point on, the Patriots season just went down. But, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm with you on that take. I think the Patriots are going to be good. I don't know if they're going to be good enough to overtake the Bills because I think the Bills are going to be really yeah, good so- this year. To be clear, I didn't. I'm not saying they're ASC champs. Yeah, but I yeah. am saying that they're in the playoffs. They're back. Steps, steps forward. Steps yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's the preseason. That's what everything that's been going on. Anything else you needed to get out there? Anything you noticed? Uh, not really. I think we about touched on like every single game. So I don't. <laughs> there's any other takes for me to put out? At least none I'm thinking of. Uh, all right. Uh, to college football week zero. This Saturday, with the most with the anticipated matchup of Nebraska at Illinois, one o'clock on Fox. Brett Bielema's first game as Illinois head coach uh, versus Scott Frost, who's got uh, probably uh, the hottest seat in college football. Yeah, uh, needs like desperately at least needs to go one and zero. I think he will. I. Illinois has been a bad football program for a long time. Um, I don't think Brett Bielema, who was okay at Arkansas, I rem- from what I remember, is going to make a splash. I think Nebraska, they've got they they've had some pretty good recruiting because of Scott Frost. They the first year, yeah, they were bad. Last year, a little bit better, I think. But then again, I think a lot of teams you can just wash away last year. You don't really know what's going on, especially in the Big Ten, where there's no fans or anything going on like that. Um, but Nebraska, Allen, Illinois, first college football game of the season. Um, definitely going to bet on it. Dick's hard, ready to roll. <laughs> I'm with you, man. People will always talk shit about college football week zero, no matter what. And they'll, they'll, they'll point out like, like this game right here, the headliner of week zero is Nebraska versus Illinois. And you can put a gun to my head and tell me to name one player from either one of those squads. And my brain is blasted against the wall. There is no shot I'm going to be able to come up with a single name. Um, but, you know, the headline is Scott Frost versus Brett Bielema. And that's how you know that you have a great week zero matchup is when you have to market the head coaches because you don't know who anybody else yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, same. I don't know a single player on either team. But I feel like Taylor Martinez is somehow still the quarterback for Nebraska. Yeah, and, Re- and uh, Rex Burkhead is still somehow uh, at Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, 
That's hype, though. I mean, week zero, so we got some other games that obviously we're not going to know anything about. UConn at Fresno State, Hawaii at UCLA, UTEP at New Mexico State, and Southern Utah at San Jose. So a full a full day of football um, this Saturday. Hey, man, you can't you can't count out Southern Utah. All right, Southern Utah is going to come out to play, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, Ryan's already heavy heavy on San Jose State. Says they're legit. Southern Utah's got something to say about that. CBS Sports Network, 10 o'clock this Saturday, August 28th. Uh, all right, that's week zero. Week one, though, it's coming. Uh, the AP Top 25 is out. Um, let me pull that up real quick. Any Anything before I go, any rankings that, you know, you got somebody a little too high, a little too low? What are you thinking of these initial AP Top 25s? They obviously mean nothing, but what are your uh, your thoughts on it uh just looking at it um for the first time right now i think they got the top one right i'm liking bama at one i will say my (laughs) my first issue my first issue is with oklahoma at two i'm not buying i'm not buying the spencer rattler uh yeah spencer rattler and this this could be i'm not buying that one either this could be the point in the podcast where in like a year and a half when i listen to this podcast like again just randomly i'll just be driving down the road I'm like, oh let's listen to this and spencer rattler has won the heisman and he's going to be the number one draft pick but i don't i don't buy spencer rattler i don't think he's going to be all that it's been the same way ever since he, he when he was in high school he's always been so highly touted and i've just never really understood it um people are people are gonna love him just because he's the next big thing to come through Oklahoma. You know, yeah. and it's just now there, there's been three you know, top draft pick quarterbacks that come through Oklahoma in the last like five years. I, and just because of that, I'm not just gonna get on Spencer Rattler about oh yeah, he's gonna be a guy just because of three other guys have success. I think Oklahoma will probably be good. They'll probably win the Big Twelve again, but will Spencer Rattler you know win the Heisman? All that I'm not I'm not buying it. I don't I think he's a good quarterback, but he's he's closer to average than he is to elite. And I will die on that hill. No. Well, here's yeah, my thing is so Oklahoma, the first thing I just want to say about Oklahoma is I'm with you. I'm not so much hype on Spencer Rattler. I think, yeah, I mean when you had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts and all this stuff going on, obviously people are just gonna, you know, run with it. The thing about Oklahoma and them sitting at number two is this is so just ridiculous because they're not – they won't lose unless it's to Texas or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Iowa State, which I'll get on to Iowa State in a second because I'm not the biggest Iowa State supporter. But, I mean, their schedule out of conference is Tulane, Western Carolina, Nebraska. Now, to be fair, I'm sure when they scheduled Nebraska way back when, which I'm pretty sure back in the offseason there was talk that Nebraska was trying to get out of that game this year. Um, could it supposed to be like a reunion of some big game in the fifties or sixties, blah, blah blah. But I mean, Oklahoma is, is is going to steamroll everybody just because they are that much better in the Big Twelve. And yeah, when they play Texas, they might, you know, there might be some hype on that one. Texas has some quarterback that's supposed to be pretty good after watching that bowl game last year. Um, but I mean, the Big Twelve doesn't really seem too strong of a conference this year. And I think what Oklahoma and all this hype about Oklahoma is that they're going to be a top four team. I'll say that they will be a top four team of the year. They're going to go ahead and put them right there. Uh, but the the rest, let's. I mean, if you look at the rest of the rankings, Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. Just want to say, Georgia got three first place votes. That's How about it. that? How about that? Um, which, I mean, you could probably mix and match that five, top five. That's going to be everybody's top five if you just could mix and match them anyway. Like, those are the five most talked about teams in college football every single year anyway. Um, after that, A&M at six with, like, do we even know? Do you know Texas A&M's quarterback's name? Yeah, like, that's what, what I was about to say. Like, I, I loved Texas A&M last year. I thought they got robbed. Well, maybe not robbed. But I, I do think that they should have gotten that four spot in the playoff last year because at the time they were the fourth best team in the country. I, I strongly believe that. But going into the 2021 football season, I, I don't I don't feel that confident about Texas A&M. They're, they are returning you know some good players on offense and defense. But with the with Kellen Mond gone, that was their that was their most 
biggest part of their entire offense was Kellen Mond having the the fourth year starter on the team to lead. That that was that was a huge part of Texas A and M. So I don't the sixth ranking right here. I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna hate it too much because I do think they still have a solid squad. But starting over having you know having a new Q that's that's going to take some that's going to take at least a game or two of adjusting of you know some games I think they'll drop if you like you look into the SEC West they'll they're going to lose to Bama the LSU game I, I mean it, it's still really early and maybe some things happen before the AM LSU game but at least early I'm going LSU um you know maybe even Auburn I I think they I think Texas A&M has two three losses on their schedule uh this year so far mm-hmm. i'm not sure what their out of conference is um i'll try and pull Kent that up state colorado new mexico okay well they're gonna win those but yeah. i i think i think texas a will be solid but at the at the end of the season they're not i don't i i could be wrong i don't see them um in you know in the top 10 holding this six spot i think they'll, they will slip up two three times this season but i think man if Bond was back this year which you know obviously he's not I think this team would be really legit, but that's just the big question is what they're going to do about the quarterback position. The most important position in the entire sport. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't, that one takes me away. I mean, it, maybe it's just a, that time where Jimbo Fisher had that one good year. and Everybody's like, remember it's Jimbo Fisher. I mean, he can do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. Iowa state's at seven, man. I do. Look, Iowa State, congrats. You guys had that great year last year, and it was, you know, cool. But let's not forget that Iowa State lost to Louisiana Lafayette to start the year, who's also ranked to start 23. The rankings are so wild, like seeing Coastal Carolina in the top 25, Louisiana Lafayette, just because they're going off of everything they saw last year. But Iowa State sitting at seven with also, I've read, like, like, 20 30 percent chance to make the college football playoff well i guess basically everybody has a 20 to 30 percent chance i mean all you, all you got to do is win but yeah they man, win the big I, 12 they're in <laughs> they yeah that's it I mean, but iowa state just look they they got their bring them at their quarterback they're bringing back their running back they've got a good head coach everybody's all hype about because it's iowa state and they've never done anything and they they had a good year but look 2020 was 2020 for a reason you shouldn't ever be able to lose to Louisiana Lafayette. And then they also lost another game. I think they beat Oklahoma in the regular season, but then lost to somebody else before that. But, I mean, they had two losses. were sitting at like six for the longest time. Got all this respect. Then they, they were given a gift by getting to play Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl after Oregon didn't even win their division, was given a chance at the Pac-12 title game because somebody had COVID. And then one against USC, who USC is, if anybody has not noticed for the past 10 years, like the Kings of just screwing it up whenever they finally get the hype back. So Iowa State sitting at seven, I, Iowa State's going to go eight and four. I mean, they're, I mean, they're going to lose to Iowa, lose to Texas, Oklahoma. They'll probably lose to a Baylor, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, mm-hmm. something else. I, I'm not buying this that we need, we should all just, you know, think Iowa State is a new franchise in college football. Not with that at all. Cincinnati being eight. I mean, what do you think about Iowa State then? Uh, you know, I, I I think this is the problem that we face every single year with the you know the preseason top twenty fives is based so much on the year before. And you know, Iowa State did have that hot finish this season. You know, they they beat Oregon. So that's the thing is you know Oregon wasn't good. They, they weren't great. They you know they lucked into the Pac twelve championship game last year and they were able to to get that Fiesta Bowl appearance. But, you know, they, they weren't a New Year's Six caliber team last year. And Iowa State was able to get that Fiesta Bowl victory. So that's just going to carry them into this year. But I don't, I, I, I don't see I don't see a top ten ranking out of them. That's kind of laughable. Like, like I just said ten seconds ago, it's the first time I've actually, like, dove into, like, looking at the full top 25, like outside of the, you know, the top five. But – yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I see I see eight and four. I see eight and four. Maybe maybe nine and three. You know, somewhere in that in that range. I'm with you. And also with, with Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati. If I was going to compare the two, like if Cincy played Iowa State right now, I'm putting my money on Cincy mm-hmm. uh, personally. Um, yeah, but with both both of those, it's just there. It's weird to see Iowa State and Cincinnati 
you know, it sandwiched between Texas A&M and Notre Dame. Yeah, this is yeah exactly. So Notre Dame sitting at nine, uh, North Carolina at ten. North Carolina is definitely a team that a lot of people are hyped up on. Um, also, me, I mean, I love Sam Howell. I love what he's got going on. I love the Mac Brown. I love the style that North Carolina has. They did lose love both their the running colors. backs. Love the colors. I mean, you can't yeah. talk about North Carolina not talk about that. The Carolina blue. I mean, yeah. You listened to part of my take today too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, North Carolina. I mean, then we got Oregon, Wisconsin, Florida sitting at thirteen. Miami, USC. I mean, these are just the typical teams. I feel like USC is always like fifteen to start. Yeah. LSU's back in there. That's a team that I'm. You know, that's pretty wild to see they they put LSU up there so high after what they did last year. Indiana, Iowa, Penn State, Washington, Texas, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, Utah, Arizona State. Um, one team I've noticed that's not in the top 25, Michigan. Mm, oh, interesting. Just everyone's done with the Michigan shit, I guess. Um, any, anything that surprises you from 10 to 25 or teams you don't see that you're a little shocked about? Uh, yeah, it's one thing I will say one thing. It is crazy. 2021 is a crazy year, man. People talk about COVID and how we are in politics and everything, but this is the real thing that I'm taking away. This is insane that we have now, as a universe, accepted the fact that Indiana football is better than Indiana basketball. I mean, how how is that a thing? Indiana basketball is laughably bad, laughably bad right now, which if you would have told me that five years ago, I mean, maybe a little bit, but yeah, yeah, about five years ago. Yeah, there's no there's nobody on the earth that would have agreed with that take. <laughs> that Indiana football is better than Indiana basketball. You're talking about the five-time uh, NCAA champion uh, basketball squad, and it's it's. I'm just saying that's just crazy how we've come that far with with Indiana basketball, and <laughs> Indiana football's you know I guess kind of kind of gone the other way. Yeah, yeah, they had a good year last year. They're they're running with it. Um, let's see some other receiving votes down at the bottom. Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss could also be a top 25 team this year. I like Ole Miss. I think Kiffin gets it going this year. I definitely do. Michigan only got 12 votes. Um, Auburn, 32. Uh, now how about Ball State? Ball State getting six votes? Yeah. Okay. They're I see. I see. Uh, Boise State not in the top 25. I feel like that's just disrespectful in a way. You know, I feel like Boise State just the name itself deserves the 25th ranking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They deserve to get 25 beside them. I don't know. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Anything. So week one, we've got these are some of the matchups. Uh, actually, before we get into that, Georgia, no Darnell Washington, Tyke Smith hurt, George Pickens out, Arik Gilbert. How are you feeling about September 4th? Because if you would have asked me last week before Darnell Washington, Tyke Smith, I was probably still pretty fairly confident uh, that we were going to clinch a playoff spot week one. Me, not so much now, knowing that we've lost two of our best players on the team. Yeah, it's definitely you know sad boy hours in Athens. There's no question about that because I've been so excited for this. I've been so excited for this game since we played Clemson in Athens, and yeah. this game got announced. It's like, man, like I, I I do love Georgia playing Clemson. I wish it happened more often because it's such a cool game. You know, like you get back. Yeah, you know, the 1981 national championship, Georgia Clemson. It's been a game that's happened so many times. It's always been, you know, really, really, really good games. But you know, and if you put a gun to my head, I mean, if if I've got to go, my God, I I I think Clemson's probably going to beat us now, which is you know, it, it hurts to say. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to completely. <laughs> I'm not going to completely give up. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be cheering for my dogs. I mean, you know this, but Clemson's going to be good. Yeah, DJ Uwele, he's going to be good. He's he's going to be really good. I don't know. You know, now that we've lost, you know, our you know top top defensive back, that's that hurts. And then on top of, yeah, we lost Darnell Washington, and you know that sucks. But then you couple that with already losing Pickens, yeah, that that hurts, man. Because I was so excited to see how JT Daniels was going to do this year, and and I still believe that he's going to have good numbers. He's going to be good, but. Man, that just sucks. You know, you take away your number one receiver, and then at least for week one, you're not going to have your best tight end. It, it's it's tough to see. So 
I still I still expect it to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be one-sided either way. I expect a good game. That's going to be this I feel like this is really going to be the game to kick off the season. Like yeah, week week 0 and and say what you will. I mean, yeah, I'm going to watch them, but Georgia Clemson that's going to be yeah, you know, that's going to be the start to the 2021 college football season, like the the big boys. So, I, you know, they're there's still firepower on both sides, and in no way is we are we completely down and out without without those two guys. Well, there's three guys really, but I mean, I can I'm I'm I'm, but I'm going I'm going Clemson, at, which, <laughs> which is which is tough. I mean, I think you might say you're going Georgia, but if you're gonna be, if you got to be real with yourself, it seems like it's gonna be Clemson, and I hope that what I'm doing right now works like a little reverse psychology. And like, we get that dub week one, but (laughs) it's, you know, only time will tell. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, we could really clinch a week one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I I think, you know, I wrote about this last two last week too. And it's at this point, you know, I've, I've been somebody who would, you know, get down on my knees and, and hail to JT Daniels if he asked me to, because I've got so much faith that he is going to be the guy. I'm not putting Heisman bets on the guy because I don't ever think a Georgia player will win a Heisman in my lifetime. But I, I mean, I need this guy isn't scared to throw the ball. Like even with these weapons gone, you're not going to see JT Daniels, uh, you know, dink and dunk passes because he uh, he he knows what he's got. We still got Jermaine Burton and. Curious Jackson and uh, Rosemary, who the guy who got hurt against Florida last year, who was coming on right before that brutal injury. I mean, it's gonna be nervous. Defense still gonna be top five. I mean, it's gonna be a crazy game. But I'm yeah, pretty nervous. Pretty nervous. Don't yeah, definitely definitely not put any money down. This could, I mean, maybe spin zone could be a great opportunity for Burton, you know, to show yeah. out and for him to separate because there were some games last year where he really looked really good. And, you know, him and JT, both California boys, I'm sure they trust each other a lot. Yeah, maybe this is just this is just a blessing in disguise, and we get to see Burton go uh, come out and showcase his abilities. So then, when Darnell comes back, yeah, you know, we have we have our clear cut one. I'm with you. Uh, all right, ranked matchups in Week One. Just to go over this: Wisconsin, Penn State, um, which is like 12 versus 19. Iowa versus Indiana, 17 versus 18. Texas versus Louisiana Lafayette, 21 versus 23. Alabama versus Miami, one versus fourteen. So a lot of Oof, that one's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Miami is uh, in for. Miami's got a tough schedule to start. I, I believe it's Alabama, App State, and Michigan State. So I mean, they're they they're going to have a full throttle for the first three weeks. The fact that Texas versus Louisiana Lafayette is ranked matchup is pretty hilarious. Um, Iowa versus Indiana. That's just those are those that's some grit right there in week one. Wisconsin Penn mm-hmm. State. Was Penn State desperately needs to win, um, I think, or because the last year was horrendous. Um Notre, Notre Dame at Florida State on Sunday, and then Louisville versus Ole Miss Labor Day in Atlanta. So a packed week one. I'm and then, and then the week after that, we have NFL football. So I mean, it's it's all approaching. Football's back, full swing. College football week zero and week one next week. All right, baseball. Braves are down four two right now. Um, oh, we're down four two. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. DJ Lemay who hit a two run home. John Carlos Stanton. Uh, did it to us again today, but they so they finally lost. But I will say that I, I other than the we all we also ran into another team that had won nine games in a row, uh, and now ten and maybe eleven after tonight. But you know, you know, and Charlie Morton and Max Freed, Max Freed the other night against the Orioles. I know it's the Orioles, worst team in baseball, but I mean, ninety pitches, complete game, shutout. I mean, those are just things you need to see. Um, and those are confidence builders. So the staff is shoving. That's all I got to say. And I've got full confidence. And if you've got a good, obviously you've got a hit. All right. And we've been hitting. And I think, you know, maybe over the course of September, Caleb was saying this last week that, you know, we're probably going to slow down a little bit hitting wise. But I think as, if our pitching can stay like this, the bullpen can kind of keep it up. 
Uh, I like where we're going. Also, we're in the worst division in baseball. Um, we literally wouldn't be leading any other division if we were in any other division. So, you know, thank the baseball gods for that one. But I, the, sh- the staff is shoving. Yeah, definitely. And Ian Anderson is set to return in the uh, San Francisco series that's coming up. But here, here's the thing about the Braves. And, yeah, like you just said about like, – yeah, uh, Max Fried looked great against the Orioles, which is awesome. And I saw so many people on the internet, like, trolling the Braves. Like, oh, yeah, y'all won nine games in a row. Look who y'all played. Who cares, man? This yeah. is this is Major League Baseball. Anybody can beat anybody. And especially when you consider that the Braves are currently in a two-game series against the Yankees, about to play three against the Giants, and then after that – play three against the Dodgers and then four against the Rockies. That that's, that's a little bit of a, a little haul that we're about to go through. The fact that we were able to go nine and O and three straight sweeps is huge, huge. Yeah. And, the, so, and those are, those are big game, like big series, like big sweeps, because like you, you don't want to, if you're a good team, you win those, you know, exactly. Like, if you're a good team, you do that, you know, like, yeah, it was bad teams. Trust me. I know the Nats, the Marlins and the, Orioles all suck, but that's you know credit to us. We don't suck. Took care of business. Yeah, yeah people people are talking about the Mets are currently going through a a, a brutal stretch of games against uh against like it's how many I don't know how many Giants, straight Dodgers, games Giants, Giants, Dodgers, 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 Dodgers like whatever like how how many straight games they played against them. Like oh yeah that sucks man, but we're gonna play the same exact number of games against the Giants and the Dodgers this year that y'all are. The only difference is is when y'all and them and and the Phillies both of them when they had the opportunity to play the bottom of the totem pole teams they wouldn't take care of business. They were taking two out of one, going one and two against them. We were taking care of business against the teams that we're better than. Against we are the superior team, and we took all three uh, from all three of them. That's something to be said about a team. And this this lineup, the new revamped lineup that we have going right now, it looks really good. And then maybe tonight and last night it wasn't great. The only, as of right now, Dansby Swanson is the only uh, player who has had an RBI uh, in the last yeah. two, uh, tonight and yesterday. So it's always good to see Dansby producing, but. You know, there's there's something to be said about a team that's able to take care of business against uh, against inferior teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what more can you ask? Uh, the Padres. I want to talk about this. I wrote about this last week. They're in deep shit. They lost like seven of eight games uh, to the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, who are two of the worst teams in the National League. And now they are officially like out of the playoff race. Uh, the Reds have the second wild card spot. And the Padres have the toughest schedule left in baseball. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Padres are not making the playoffs. What do you think about that take? Uh, I, I don't think – I think you're completely right. I don't think that is, that's too terrible to say at all. Uh, I feel a little bit for the Padres because being, being in a uh, division with the Giants and the Dodgers is brutal, is absolutely brutal, especially coming from a fan base. Like if <laughs> we have the same record as the Padres and we are – four and a half games up in the NL East and they're yeah. 13 games back, 13 games back. So I don't know what the MLB is going to do about it because they're not going to have their lover boy for uh, Francisco Tatis in the playoffs, which I know is going to kill them because if you go like, I'm sure if I pulled up MLB's Instagram page right now, there's at least four Tatis posts from the last 48 hours in there because they love him. I mean, and largely so he's a great player, but it, it, it's, it's tough for the Padres. You still got a solid squad. Uh, it's funny. You think about this. Mark Melanson didn't resign with the Braves. Why? Because he said he, he wanted to play for a playoff team. Well, how's that treating you now, Mark? How's that treating you now? Should have stayed yeah. in the A, and we wouldn't be able to I have to watch Will Smith every other night. Yeah, tough stuff. Um, just to wrap it up, the Indians won the Little League game against the Angels. Um, they wore some cool jerseys. And speaking of the Little League, uh, Gavin Weir from South Dakota, Beast. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you've seen these stats. He threw a no-hitter. There was also another kid named Eli Jones threw one, too. I don't remember. What, I think he played for Washington. But this stat that I saw from Gavin Weir, South Dakota, probably like 12 years old, uh, last seven starts, so like all the way into however many rounds you have games and stuff you have to be to get to Williamsport, 37 and two-thirds innings pitch, 526 pitches, one hit, zero earned runs, 
100 strikeouts. That's so gross. <laughs> I, I mean, if there was a if there was a way that I could just go ahead and bet on Gavin Weir being like a top player in the MLB, I would hammer it because he will. And I, I'm so confident that Gavin Weir is going to be a solid arm in the MLB right now because you you know whenever you see these guys like that, that is a gross stat. A hundred strikeouts in 37 innings, and he's not. Yeah, it's little league. But he's in little league too. He's playing the best, the best kids in that age group, and he's sitting them down. It's crazy. As that, I mean, I would, I would love to see like as a kid in the little league World Series in seven starts ever hit a hundred strikeouts. Because as they have, they ever hit ninety strikeouts. That's, that's so thirty-seven and two-thirds innings is one hundred and thirteen outs. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts. What? That is that's insane. That is insane. What is I mean, well, I'm about to I'm about to do some quick maths right here. I'm about to get a percentage on that because that's gotta be I mean, what is that? That's gotta be like eighty something percent. Like strikeouts might be even higher than that. Probably is higher than that. One thirteen divided by a hundred. Wait, I did that wrong. Hundred divided by one thirteen. That's an eighty eight percent strikeout rate. Eighty eight percent. Beast. Yeah. Beast. We need we need to get we need to get Gavin Weir to come on the podcast. If you're listening (laughs) right now, Gavin, come on. Nice. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up. Appreciate you, Jake, for joining. As always, I'm Garrison. Deep Shot Podcast signing out.